This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, um, an interesting incident took place yesterday where um, Prime Minister Netanyahu held a meeting with freed hostages and members of the families of those who are currently still in Gaza. And some of the reports coming out of the meeting um, described the meeting as including chaos and yelling um, that uh, members of the families of Gaza hostages apparently were yelling at the Prime Minister and were extremely frustrated that he seemed to come with a very pre-prepared text and that he was only willing to say things to respond to them from his pre-prepared mm-hmm. text wasn't really willing to engage in the particular questions that they were asking him. It and, reminds me of that uh, Henry Kissinger quote that we reported on when he passed away earlier where he said, do you have any uh, questions for my answers? In other words, I'm going to give you my right. answers irrespective of the question. Right, right. It's, it's a little like that. Um, what was interesting is that some of the freed hostages spoke about some very, very inappropriate behavior that they had to endure while in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, while not quite as severe as some of the sexual harassment and some of the sexual crimes that have been committed against the women, uh, Israeli women that we've heard about, but, but nonetheless, the behavior that they had to endure was clearly, clearly inappropriate, um, describing themselves as having been touched while in the tunnels. Um, and um, the, of course, the, the hostage families were just demanding of the prime minister to bring all the hostages home. He did say that um, the deal that was bringing hostages home was not stopped by us, but he claimed that um, the other side stopped the, the hostage release deal. He also said that um, Hamas has demands that even you would not accept. So it's not exactly clear what those demands might be. Um, the number of hostages currently being held by Hamas has been increased by one um, after um, somebody who was listed as um, as missing is now believed to be in captivity in Gaza. So the current updated number of hostages in Gaza, according to our records, is 138 people. And of course, that's after 105 were released from Hamas captivity, which included 81 Israelis, 23 Thai nationals and one Filipino. That was the um, the number of people who were released. And out of the 138 who are currently in Gaza, apparently there are still something like 20 women 
um, who are being held. And of course, the demand is that they are freed right away. So a lot of anger yesterday coming out against the prime minister. Um, so is the about, anger for how um, it's been dealt with or the fact that it happened in the first place under his watch? Well, I think that the anger right now is about how it's being dealt with and the fact that they're not all being brought home. I think there's a lot of frustration. I think that the release of, of the hostages last week has added to it because now people are being able to say firsthand exactly what they are experiencing or what those who've been left behind are experiencing and that has really increased the pressure a lot because we haven't really heard any good stories at all no and in fact yesterday we spoke about the choreography that surrounded those releases the hostage releases more information has come out to suggest that the hostages may even have been drugged before the release in order to make it look even friendlier than it might have been they were concerned that there might be some ugly scenes and apparently some of them were even given drugs before the release in order to make the whole um, exchange process look very, very friendly and look like, you know, for the world stage. There are some suggestions that the reason why women are not being released, those 20 women who are being held, is because of um, how ugly it might look mm, on the world mm. stage when people see exactly how they've been treated. Well, and I think they need not there. worry, considering the lack of condemnation around October the 7th and those uh, the, the, the behavior then. So uh, I think Hamas has less to worry about than, uh, than uh, they anticipate, Yeah, sadly. So, so really, um, and the Prime Minister has been coming under some pressure as well because um, one of the things that um, has been adopted as a sign of... Um, uh, as a sign of, of um, uh, some sort of identification with the hostages and uh, demanding that they come home is the wearing of a disc around your neck. The disc is in the shape and the form of a military disc that usually is issued to soldiers, but just a, a bigger one. And people are wearing it around their necks, which demand on it is written, demanding the release of all hostages right now. And we are told that the Prime Minister was presented with a disc. And in fact, um, you might have observed that Elon Musk, when he visited here, was also presented with a disc. And he actually wore his disc even when he returned to the United States. He held a, a press conference where he was seen to be wearing the disc. The Prime Minister, on the other hand, has not been wearing his disc. So when a journalist asked him where his disc is that he was presented with in a public uh, ceremony where somebody actually presented him with a disc and said, please wear it, um, the answer that the Prime Minister gave was, the disc is next to my bed, which mm. people observe saying, mm. well, you can't really you can't really check whether that's true or not, and we don't really know which bed it is because he has right. a number of different residences right, that he uses. Right, right. Um, but at this particular stage, um, I think people would say the Prime Minister ought to be wearing a disc, ought to be wearing a yellow ribbon, ought to be wearing some sort of a an identification feature as many of us are at the moment, tying yellow ribbons onto our cars, wearing them around our, bra around our arms, or, or wearing a disc um, to show identification with the hostages and the drama that, that continues with uh, the hostages in Gaza. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, awful. Just absolutely awful. All right. So we are, we, what, where are we in terms of the, the planning for where we're at in Gaza? What the next steps are? What is, what is the current status? 
Well, the um, the official status that has been uh, described by representatives from the IDF is that we are now beginning what they call the third phase of the ground offensive in Gaza. Um, and the third phase, we are told, includes um, capturing areas like Jabalia, like Shijaya, and of course like Khan Yunus, which is where most of the um, um, attention has been over the last few days. And we are told that the third phase is going to be probably the most significant and the most intense period of the war. And I think that the reason why the third phase becomes so difficult is because we are needing to deal with many of the refugees who have been um, who have gone to the south of the Gaza Strip from the north end. So if the first phase was entering Gaza and securing the north side of Gaza, then the second phase was probably, um, if I'm just looking back on things, was probably the work that was done around the the, the Shifa Hospital and places like that in order to, to flush um, those uh, terrorists out. Now the third phase is e moving even further south in Gaza, um, concentrating more on Khan Yunus, which of course there are numerous terrorists and terrorist infrastructure to be found in that area. And in fact, we even were uh, supplied with a photograph which showed a number of different Hamas leaders in an underground tunnel. And then the photograph had a number of them with red circles around them to show the ones who have already been eliminated. The belief is that there are still something like 20,000, 20,000 Hamas terrorists to be eliminated in the next stage, which is not an insignificant job, especially when they're going to be running around in the tunnels, um, are very, very difficult to find. And of course, the, the metro of tunnels that runs below Gaza and particularly in that Khan Yunus area is extremely difficult to, to negotiate and to navigate. And hence this idea of flooding it with seawater in order to either kill or to mm, flush out mm. terrorists who might be there anyway. By the way, that whole idea we discussed yesterday has really taken on much more of an international perspective. And to be fair with you, I haven't really heard a great deal of opposition to the idea. I mean, there are some people who are saying that it's not such a great idea and it might well be bad for the underground infrastructure. It might poison the, the aquifers uh, and the, the natural water that is found underground and it might also create a long-term problem because the salt from the seawater mm, might mm. well stay under that underground and might create a long-term problem in that area if that's allowed to happen. But as things stand at the moment, I don't think that there's been enough opposition from the international community to stop the IDF from actually carrying out that idea. And as I said yesterday, I think the, the whole plan... By the way, I don't think that the IDF necessarily were the ones who, who leaked this information. I think it was published by either the Washington Post or the New York Times. I can't remember which one. I think it was the Washington the US Post. Newspapers. Yeah, I remember. It, it, it definitely. Oh, yeah, I think one of the U.S. Hmm. newspapers leaked it for reasons which are not clear to me. But I think it's been quite helpful. Just Didn't Egypt do this? Why do I recall Egypt doing this? Egypt in the, have done it. Um, Egypt in their tunnels. With yeah, Gaza. they certainly have done it before and they managed to, to, to escape with it, you know, quite quite easily. They did um, flood the tunnels that go under the Gaza border towards Egypt um, and it seems to have been quite a successful idea, which is why I think the idea to put all these pumps in Gaza in order to um, start pumping the water into the tunnels. Of course, of course, one of the major risks of doing that 
is the fact that there may well be hostages in those tunnels. And the last thing we want to find out is the act of flooding those tunnels has effectively killed the hostages and ha killed the idea of them coming home in one piece. So I think that that's really the big dilemma right now, um, to try to find out where the hostages are being kept and in so doing um, prevent them um, from coming into danger uh, from IDF activities, whatever they might be. And so, and the IDF has said that they've already eliminated something like 6,000 terrorists in Gaza, that they have still 20 more thousand, 20,000 more um, to eliminate. So there's going to be a lot of work to be done. We understand right now that most of the work that's being done in Gaza is being done by the IDF infantry battalions and also the engineering troops. Um, unfortunately, another seven IDF soldiers were killed yesterday in Gaza. Mm. This is dangerous work. This is not uh, not easy stuff. Um, and we are fighting very, very intense battles in Gaza all the time. It's very, very frightening what is uh, uh, what what is really going on there. And uh, the in terms of uh, in terms of the responses to the ships on the Red Sea, you know, we, we we always seem to run out of time. But I think it's an important conversation because this is definitely another front. Um, it is certainly another front. And what's interesting right now is that the latest ships that have been attacked in the Red Sea have no link to Israel, according to official sources. And the Houthis seem to be um, insisting that they're attacking only Israeli ships or ships that have some sort of an Israeli link. And we do know that there are numerous ships on the international waters who do have Israeli links with, with the Israeli shipping company Zim and with the Offer family who are very much involved in international shipping, that they may well have links to many, many ships out there. But we understand that the ships that have been attacked, some of the ships that have been attacked so far, have absolutely no links to Israel whatsoever. And what was interesting for me is that there was a conversation that was held between Prime Minister Netanyahu and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. And instead of that conversation um, involving some sort of criticism of IDF activities in Gaza or potentially supporting IDF activities in Gaza, which is what you would think mm, that a conversation mm. like that would focus on either one way or other. No, Rishi Sunak wanted to talk about the shipping crisis and the fact that we, what we're seeing now is not really a link to the Gaza war when you consider the fact that the ships that are being attacked have no Israeli link. It really becomes international piracy. That's really what Absolutely. it becomes. And Rishi Rishi Sunak wanted to talk more about that and, of course, what it means for the British economy and how it affects the UK, then wanted to really talk about what's happening in Gaza. And in some ways, I suppose, that's welcome because um, the US administration are watching very, very carefully what's going on in Gaza. And uh, Tony Blinken, who was here last week, the US Secretary of State, was quoted as saying, there shouldn't be as many civilian casualties in Gaza as there were before. So they are obviously very, very sensitive about all of that. Um, that's day 60 of sure. Operation yeah. um, in Gaza. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, Reich. very yeah. um, 
lots going on. This is the last time I'll chat to you on air this year. I'm going on uh, on holiday tomorrow. So I just wanted to personally thank you for the incredible, incredible Israel reporting over the whole year, but indeed over specifically over the last 60, 61 days where the intensity has just been completely on another level. So uh, well done. Kola kabod to you. And uh, I will chat to you when I'm back in January. That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all. Yeah.